Make this Christmas memorable with Goat Guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ed Evarts about leadership coaching, playing the hand you've been dealt, and the idea of pausing as power. Everts, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have a fun conversation with you today. As we were preparing for this interview uh, and conversation, you know, we, we've been going back and forth for a while now, uh, getting this set up and preparing, and, and I, I'm excited to finally have the chance to chat with you and really dive into some of the work that you've been doing around career um, development, leadership, coaching, driving your career. And you have this concept about pausing, um, and, and you, you term it as pausing is powerful. So I'm excited to have a conversation around that topic. I think it'll, it'll be enlightening, uh, for everyone who's listening today. As we get started, I just wanted to share Ed's bio with everyone. Ed is a leadership coach team, coach strategist, podcast host, and the author of the book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, who helps successful leaders raise their visibility and value in their organization and industry. Ed has also coached international executives in the program for leadership development at Harvard Business School and is his former and in his former role as president of the New England chapter of the International Coach Federation, he was deeply involved in advancing the coaching profession and serving as a nonprofit leader. Uh, great background, and we could go on and on and on about your your career and everything that you've accomplished. Um, but as we get started today, anything else you would like to share by way of background, personal um, background, or or context for the conversation? Well, I think I would just add, John, that I have actually written two books, and they're both based on my personal experiences. And so my first book, Raise Your Visibility and Value, is really based on my 25 years working in corporate America in uh, retailing and business-to-business services. And then Drive Your Career is based on my 12 years as a leadership coach. So these are actual experience-based reflections on things that people need to be thinking about doing a little bit differently in order to continue to be effective uh, in the workplace. So I'm really excited to talk about either body of work or anything that you want to chat about today. Yeah, excellent. And, and I think that's so vital. Um, we need to take control over our own careers 
And I'm a big advocate for, as organizational leaders, I think we should look for ways to support our people and, and do things like succession planning, career development, and try to create pathways and avenues for people to um, shift their S-curve and, and tr learn and grow and, and take on new responsibilities. All that's really important. But ultimately, it's up to us as individuals. We have to drive our own career. We can't count on anyone else doing it for us. And, and so I think there's just so many really important uh, concepts there that we will have a, a, the opportunity to discuss today. So as we get started, um, maybe you could provide just a little bit of background. Um, how did you get into leadership coaching? Uh, I mean, not only do you do that so professionally, I, said, uh, I was going to say not only do you do that professionally, but you, you've done that in a nonprofit leadership role as well to, to perpetuate, you know, and, and to really enhance the, the, the discipline, the field, uh, the profession. So I think that's really amazing. Well, I spent about 25 years working in organizations, as I mentioned, first in retailing and then business to business services. I considered myself to be a business person, but the area that I spent my time in was human resources. And so I spent a lot of time working with other people. And while I never would call it coaching, there were moments from time to time where I needed to help people navigate challenging situations or help them figure something out that on their own, they just could not figure out, you know, individually. And when I left my last company, Iron Mountain, which was due to a layoff, uh, I left that organization in June of 2008. And, you know, if there's any time to get laid off from a company, it's the beginning of summer. So I took the summer off to really think about what I wanted to do next. And I knew I did not want to go work back at an organization that I feel like I had done everything that I needed to do. And, you know, quite frankly, leaving that last organization, I felt very under accomplished. And I really wanted to do things that I knew would create accomplishment for me. And so I explored this idea of starting my own practice and also trying to figure out what I would do if I had my own business. So, you know, there's really two areas that you have to figure out, A, working on your own, and then what are you going to deliver to the marketplace? And so coaching became a very uh, clear direction for me. And so at the end of 2008, September, I made a decision to start my own practice doing leadership coaching. Now, 2008 was a terrible year economically. And so every HR person was laid off and everybody was out coaching and uh, providing services to the industry. And I really wanted to ensure people knew that I wasn't just somebody doing it temporarily and would jump ship at some point because I now had a job. And so I did a couple of things in order to you know, add validity to this exercise. One was got certified. So I went to a certification program in leadership and executive coaching and completed that in the spring of 2009. And the second, which you identified, is I became a very active member in the International Coach Federation of New England, which at the time was the fifth largest coaching organization in the world. So it was a huge, huge group of people uh, focused on providing executive coaching, leadership coaching, life coaching, quite frankly, any type of coaching that you'd like to the industry. And I was a member and then I joined the board as the VP of finance and then I was president for a year. So it was a fantastic experience working with other business professionals doing what I was doing uh, early in my career, right? To really figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Excellent. I, I mean, that's super interesting uh, just to see, you know, the direction that our careers take. And uh, you mentioned the 2008 um, crash and recession. Uh, I, I remember exactly where I was when 
when all of that was going down. Um, and it's just so fascinating to think about it. And then, you know, we fast forward now we're in the middle of a pandemic, like these things ebb and flow, but they, they push us in new directions perhaps that we had thought we would be doing previously, right. Um, professionally, which can be a healthy thing, frankly. Um, sometimes it, we're out of our comfort zone and now we're in a new spot where we can start to conceive of new possibilities that we weren't in a place to really think about previously. Um, yeah, I, I, don't know. I tell, I tell people that I wonder some days if I'd still be at Iron Mountain, if I wasn't, you know, quote unquote, kicked out the door. So I wasn't planning on starting my own practice. I hadn't done any prep work. I really started from zero and I consider myself to be kind of a classic example of corporate to coaching or corporate to consulting, right? To work for a large organization where you got paid every two weeks, kind of almost regardless of the amount of work that you did. Of course, everybody was always busy, but you still got paid. And now I only get paid if I can land and provide services, right? So it's really a 180 shift in my experience and uh, totally unplanned and totally unprepared. But to your point, it really thrust me into a new arena and the last 12 years have been fantastic. I am so happy that I got kicked out the door. The day I got kicked out the door, I was extremely upset and extremely disappointed and couldn't believe it was happening to me. And it was the worst day of my professional career. And today I look back and it actually was the best day of my professional career. That's so interesting to me. Um, I, I've had similar experiences in the past um, where at the time it was just deflating, right? And uh, just such a disappointment, so, so much frustration. And now I look back on it years later, and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that happened. <laughs> my, uh, you know, the path, my, my, my meandering path has taken me in a much better direction, you know, ultimately than that kind of linear path that I was on at one point, you know, previously. So I think if we can embrace those types of disruptions in our own professional careers, and leverage them, you know, for growth, new opportunities will emerge and we'll have a, the opportunity to, to learn and grow and do, do new things and, and realize new things about ourselves that we hadn't before. Yeah. And sometimes you have to turn any event into an opportunity. And I could have taken a nosedive and, you know, didn't go back to work or took time off, et cetera. But, you know, I decided to take what was an unanticipated event and convert it into a successful transition which I, you know, hope, you know, uh, being the only person who can judge me, I guess, ultimately, uh, think it worked out really, really well. Yeah. And, and I know you, you do some work talking about, you know, dealing with the hand that you've been dealt. Um, uh, I, I think that's a really important perspective to take. And this relates to what we've just been talking about. Um, any other thoughts on that, though? Like, we, we can't, there's so many external things to ourselves that we just have no control over. Um, and so this concept of just making sure that we recognize our sphere of influence and responding in productive, proactive ways when we have these external stimuli coming at us, you know, we can't control it. And sometimes they're positive, sometimes they're negative. Ultimately, we get to choose, though, how we're going to respond. Yes, uh, this is a chapter in Drive Your Career, which is play the hand that you've been dealt because many of the clients that I work with are so caught up talking about what they're experiencing, they're not doing anything about it. And so, oh, work is tough, or this wasn't what I expected, or you know, I'm really having a tough relationship, et cetera. So whatever the hand you've been dealt is, which of course can be a good hand or a bad hand, but whatever you've been dealt, 
that's the hand you've been dealt, right? So let's not spend all of our time and energy talking about the hand you've been dealt. You know, you don't do that at poker and sit there and talk about the quality of the hand you've been dealt. You play it. And I tell clients that there's one of three things that they can do. They can either fold. And sometimes people realize that the situation they're in is not satisfying their career or it wasn't the right move, whatever it might be. But, you know, ultimately they decide to move on because it's not a good fit. And no one ever said every job you get is going to be a good fit. Sometimes it just isn't. And it's better you recognize it sooner than later. You can bluff, which is what a ton of my clients do. And that's where they just pretend everything's better than it is and that they like their boss more than they do. And they like their job more than they do and bluff until something happens. And bluffing is a great exercise for like a week, but you can't bluff year after year after year because your energy level will continue to dissipate and you just will fail. And where I spend time with people is action, right? Turning in a few cards with the goal of getting something back that can help you. And so that's why Drive Your Career is titled that way because today people need to have greater ownership of the direction they're going in and drive to get there. If you believe that there are other people out there who are driving your career or doing things to help you be successful, I would say the vast majority of people will be severely disappointed because those people are worrying about their own career, you know, not other people. So uh, you do have to play the hand you've been dealt regardless of what that hand might be. And that's not what we want to hear, is it? We, you know, we want to we want to hear that we have all these other uh, people focused on our own success. You know, that are going to be there for us and support us. And you know, we to an extent that's true. But to your point, you know, everyone's out there is also trying to make ends meet for the for them and their families. They're trying to promote their own careers. And so, you know, while while I hope that you know. Uh, uh, a leader in an organization will try to be thoughtful about their career direct trajectories of their people. You know, ultimately we just have to own it and we have to take that responsibility. And there's certainly ambiguity and messiness and uncertainty around this whole process. But when we, at least when we recognize that we have to take that responsibility back for ourselves, then we have a level of, of, um, certainty around what we can control and then we can take proactive steps uh, to go out and and impact our world and you know I would rather do that than have this kind of naive perspective that you know other people are going to magically create opportunity for me because it's just probably not going to happen well there was a time in companies around the globe where and this is probably 20 years ago where organizations did have leadership development strategies and plans and you got signed up to go to certain programs. You know, you got an email saying, you know, John, you need to go to this program in two weeks, et cetera. And in a very subtle and quiet way, those have been collapsing. And now while companies have programs that you can attend and uh, they have workshops or, uh, you know, uh, leadership development programs that you can participate in, it's up to you to join them, right? It's up to you to decide what do I need to work on? How do I need to get better? How can I have a more effective relationship with others in the workplace? And so the spotlight is kind of quietly and been slowly shifting to me versus the you know organization in general. When I was in retailing, 
And even at the business to business services company, I could still remember doing budgets where we planned how many people were going to go to time management, what quarter they were going to go to, right? We were putting people into these programs. Most people today don't do that type of work. They offer the program, but then they send out information talking about it, looking to have people self-select in. So something else I know you talk a lot about um, is this idea of the power of pausing. What do you mean by that? Uh, And how can we leverage that kind of an approach um, for our own careers? So, you know, all of the stories in Drive Your Career come from actual client relationships that I've experienced at some point in the last 12 years. And, you know, one of the behaviors I see, especially in privately held companies where there's one business owner, is that they work at a very, very fast pace. And I always tell these business owners, nobody cares more about this business than you. Everybody else likes you and everybody else likes working here, but nobody cares about it as much as you do. And these people do not work 24-7. They are not reading your emails at 2 a.m. If they are, shame on them. Or, you know, 4 a.m., right, where you're out sending emails and updating people on things. And so pausing is this behavior. It's not stalling and it's not stopping. But pausing is about ensuring up front you're applying the appropriate amount of thought and planning to things that you're working on. So at the end, when you're prepared to deliver it to the customer, you're not late or delayed or going crazy because things were misunderstood or confused or not going the way that you thought that they would go. And I ask clients all of the time, you know, if you have an initiative that you're working on or a new client relationship, and let's say something is due in three months or six months or a year, you know, how often do you find yourself having to stop and reconfigure everything because people didn't understand the direction. People weren't doing what they thought they, you know, what you thought they would be doing. You know, what, you know, all those types of confusion, uh, confusing types of things going on. And the vast majority would say all the time, you know, all the time we've got to stop and clean it up before we move on. So pausing is really about not just moving through quickly, just to try to get to the end result, but it's about pausing a little bit up front, ensuring that you're applying the right amount of thought and planning and understanding and communication so that down the road, it's smooth sailing and you're not stopping multiple times throughout the process to clean it up as you get closer and closer to the client delivery date. I give an example in the book of, and I won't go into detail here, John, but for folks that want to read about it, or you can Google the 2017 Oscar telecast, which I think has a fantastic example of pausing. And I don't know if you're a movie fan or not, but at the 2017 Oscar telecast, they had Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway give away Best Picture because it was 50 years since Bonnie and Clyde that they both starred in, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they got the wrong envelope and they announced the wrong picture. And if Warren Beatty at the start of the delivery had looked at the envelope, paused just for a second and said, hey, I think I've got the wrong envelope, somebody would have come out, given them the right envelope, and it would have been fine. Now, we all know the Oscar telegasts run long, you know, way past their end time. So they had to spend another 10 to 12 minutes cleaning up everything that had happened simply because he didn't pause, spend more time up front to prevent a mess from happening afterwards. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. And anyway, you can Google it and uh, watch it for yourself. Yeah, that, that was an interesting um, series of events, wasn't it? Uh, quite, quite awkward. Um, but it does, it illustrates, we, we, we all find ourselves in these moments and I, I'm as guilty of it as anyone, you know, that I'm just, I, I'm task oriented. I'm in the mindset of like, let's get this stuff done. I'm just, I'm just going, I'm churning, I'm in the zone. I'm just getting stuff done. 
Um, and if I don't take a moment, you know, as I'm transitioning from thing to thing, you can very easily inadvertently step in a landmine. You can easily miss something that's important. You can, you know, despite your best intentions, you can end up saying something that perhaps isn't as sensitive as it should have been to somebody. Um, you know, there's just so many things that can happen when we're in this mode of just constantly trying to, uh, to check things off of our list. Uh, and so pausing, um, taking the opportunity to just quiet our minds, um, slowing down the pace a little bit, not, not a lot. We don't need to like, uh, completely reconstruct our, our style of work. That's not what you're suggesting, but, but we do need to take a chance to, to pause, take a moment, um, particularly if there's emotion involved, you know, you're, you're, you're responding to a difficult email or something like that. Like, pause, take a moment, um, collect yourself, you know, get some composure, um, evaluate what you're doing and make sure that you're, you're approaching it in the right way. And it, it's so much easier to do that up front than to clean up the messes that inevitably occur afterwards. Um, and, and it seems like when I hear about leaders talking about how they're always running around, they don't have time for anything because they're always running around putting out fires all day. I, I'm wondering in my mind, like how many of those are self-inflicted fires that you've many generated, you're, you've generated for yourself because you're not taking the time. <laughs> yeah. And I love that step you mentioned, which can be, you know, if you're leaving a meeting where you just talked about a plan to deliver something to a client to say to folks, hey guys, this sounds like a great plan. What I'd love to do is sit on it for a day. You know, I'd like to review what we have talked about and just to double, sh make sure that everything that we have scheduled and the timing that we've worked on and the commitments we've made, we can do. These are not huge pauses like weeks or months. It could even be a day, but you know, even a day of quieting your mind, reflecting on what you've agreed to, double checking calendars, making sure that what you have decided can work and you're not getting kind of caught up in corporate hubris of yes we can do it and let's make it happen can just save all of those fires that you're talking about and I come from corporations and you know that was our work day you know our work day was meeting the meeting conference call the conference call running up and down the hallways and we never had time to think about ourselves to drive our career and we never had time to pause and think a little bit about what we were doing before we did it it's a common problem. I, th I think most people have to deal with it. And uh, so there's no, no shame in admitting, you know, that, that uh, sometimes we fall into that trap and, and we can take a step back and try to recommit ourselves to a, a more productive approach. Well, Ed, it, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. Um, we could go on and on because I know you have so many great insights in your books, um, but I, I would encourage listeners to, to get connected, you know, and, and, and check out those books. Um, before we end though, for our, our time together today, I wanted to make sure I give you a chance to give the last word and also share with listeners how they can get connected with you. Sure. Folks can go to my website, which is excelius.com, E-X-C-E-L-L-I-U-S. And there's a ton of information about me. A pop-up will appear that will allow you to order the book, drive your career. And you can also still order, raise your visibility and value. But, you know, it talks about the three major services that my organization provides. One is one-on-one -on -one leadership coaching. The second is team coaching. And the third is business strategy. So all that information is on the website. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can email me ed at excelius.com. Thank you so much, Ed. It has been a real pleasure. 
I appreciate all of your experience and expertise that you bring to the table. It's been a fun discussion and perhaps we can continue this, you know, another time and, and have you back on the podcast. Uh, in the interim though, I hope that listeners will reach out, get connected with Ed, find out more about what he and his organization can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.